Hi, fellow history enthusiasts, and welcome to the Detecting History podcast about all things buried and ancient. My name is Katie McDoyle. Together, we'll be diving deep into the past every week as we bring you history, metal detecting, mudlarking, and fossil hunting news, alongside some fantastic expert interviews. So whether you're a seasoned expert or a fellow beginner like myself, we're going to explore it all together. This week, my guest is the wonderful metal detectorist Dawn Chipchase, aka Digger Dawn. It's impossible to speak to Dawn and not be influenced by her infectious positivity, joy and optimistic spirit, both for life and metal detecting. Dawn had me in stitches, cry laughing at one point. You leave a conversation with Dawn feeling inspired and ready to take on the world. So without further ado, let's find out more about Digger Dawn. Oh, <laughs> have you fed him? <laughs> he thinks his new, his least little hobby is bin dipping. Oh. And, he's and he, what he does, he goes in the bin, he can just about reach, he goes in the bin and then he steals something, but he knows he's stolen it, so he just, he just sort of puts it down somewhere. I think it's an act of theft. Oh. Eating it. It's his version of treasure hunting, that's what it is. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. I'm joined here today by the wonderful queen of detecting, my queen of detecting, Digger Dawn. <laughs> you might have seen Dawn on YouTube. So she's got over 26.7 thousand subscribers. Not going to make you go red here, Dawn, am I? But you've done over 539 videos with over 4 million views. And then on yeah, Facebook, well. you've got 6.5 thousand followers. So Dawn, welcome. We're so pleased to have you on the podcast today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. And I just have to say on my Facebook one, I'm spread around. So I've got 7,000 followers on Dawn Chip Chase, which is my yeah. proper name. Yeah. And then seven, about six and a half on the other. And then I've got 20,000 in a group. Check you out, spreading yourself around all <laughs> over the place, getting those numbers in. <laughs> There's not enough of you to go around. That's a problem, Dawn. <laughs> we all love you so much. So just to kick off then, tell us a bit about yourself. So what region of the UK are you based in? Nothing specific, but whereabouts are you and where do you get to do all your digging? Well, I am from Lancashire. As you can probably tell from my accent, I'm quite northern, yeah. uh, from around the uh, Rochdale Oldham area, and uh, <laughs> and I, I, I did I, I began army detecting in Lancashire, so I, I, I had my own permissions here, and I used to travel around to groups that were in Lancashire, so you know I've I've, I've learned really to detect on pasture, because Lancashire is mostly pasture. And um, yeah, and um, so yeah, but I mean I've been lucky in in as time's gone on that I'm getting invited to different places and I'm getting more confident and I'm driving further and further and further so that I'm going all over the minute and as you can say I've just been to Texas. Yeah, that must have been quite a shock to the system I could tell with the, the heat and everything going on it's quite different for you wasn't it? Well, it was, I shall tell you what was strange about Texas is that they're detecting although they detect it's totally different to ours because yeah. Well, when we're over here, if we find an area that's very sort of contaminated with 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 fire, well, we would either move a little bit away from it. You know, if we're desperate, you might go through it. But usually, a British would move away from it, do the outsides where it's less trashy, and pick stuff up. Yeah. Whereas you see in America, because they don't have the history, their finds are in places like where I went to are um, like old plantation houses and things that knock down and mm. gone but they like when they come into a trashy area they get very excited because that's one of the finds are so then they try and pick through and i think it makes them very very good detectorists because the british mm. have got the luxury of, of walking along and swinging and and you know it could be a couple of minutes before you get a beep where they have got yeah. everywhere so they've got to really understand oh, the machines so I, I was yeah. out there feeling mm. a little bit like I was on a green waste patch in the 30,000 degree mm. heat. It was quite 
hotter than the surface of the sun. <laughs> but I love it. I love I love seeing the difference and having the opportunity to go to their civil law sites and you know, just experience a whole different culture of metal detecting. It was lovely. Yeah, absolutely. Good point about the history because, yeah, they don't have that long history, do they? So they really do want to go through everything and not miss anything. I mean, I was in the South. I mean, if you go to Pennsylvania, I think up there, I think they can find, they do tend to find George Third kinds up there, you know, and things that are older. But mm-hmm. in, in the South, where it was, we wouldn't yeah. find George Third. Lovely opportunities. And so how did you get into detecting then, Dawn? I know like, your oldest vid is about eight years old on YouTube, but... How did you get into detecting? How did you think, oh, I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to go out and see what I can find. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I actually got into metal detecting when when I was around about 13, playing hide and seek on a building site. Um, yeah. it, it, they had the foundations dug. You know, they just got the bits of bricks in the foundation. It's not been built yet. And we're playing hide and seek. And it was my turn. And I had my eyes looking at the floor counting. And I was sort of, jabbing me in front of my shoe in the mud I was counting and I thought oh what's that because see some gold flat looking look coming out and I thought oh and I pulled it out and it was a George Third um token it was one of those gaming tokens you know that looks like a George Third sovereign but it's got a shield on the back it yeah. was one of those but I mean in them days there was no computers or anything like that I thought it was gold Roman couldn't believe my eyes yeah. Ran home, ran to the library, got books on on coins and things. I started reading about coins, and and that just then set me off about what's in the ground. But in those days, you see, in those days, there was the odd metal detector, and I mean odd metal detectors about yeah. that you saw. But they were always this lonely, dark figure that <laughs> totally like you would not go up to them and say, hey, you know, like do nowadays. Uh, is it a detector or is it a grim reaper? <laughs> it was they proper look like anoraks that you just wouldn't go near. And they, I mean, now I know that they were really, you know, involved with what they were yeah. doing. But when you, I used to see this, it was a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just a pipe dream that was always in the back of my head because I loved history. I loved history at school, mm. and it was just a pipe dream. Um, and then it was on. It was about oh, about. 15, yeah, about 15 years ago, I bought a little cheap one from Tandy, like most of beginners do. They get one and think, oh, this will be all right. So I paid £50 for it, which was I thought was like incredibly a lot of money, which it wasn't. Um, and, then, and then I decided to christen it on Blackpool Beach, which I don't, if you don't know Blackpool Beach, it's one of the most mineralised beaches in England. Mm-hmm. You've got a really good detector to get on there. So I goes on with my Tandy special, um, and and the minute it hit the wet sand, well, you'll know yourself. Yeah, it was going. <laughs> and I couldn't get it on the control. I thought, well, what's happening this? And um, I, I, I was Facebook groups. I didn't know anybody to ask at this point. I was just trying myself, and I I could see this guy up up at the, near the tower, and he was walking along, and he was bending over and picking some up. Putting it in his little bag, and, I, and there's me. But <laughs> oh, oh, it must be too technical for me. This I thought it must be one of them technical hobbies. I thought I'll well, just throw it in the shed when I get home, and, and that's what I did. Oh. Threw it in the shed for, um, for about seven weeks. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, thought, I just thought oh, I'm, I must be just a bit too thick for it. I'm not sure. I didn't know. Anyway, it was um, about well, it would have been about eight nine years ago now. Mm. Um, I was watching um, National Geographic mm-hmm. and KG Ringy, you know, my friends. Yeah. They had a program, a TV program called American yeah. Diggers. I don't know if you've yeah. seen it, where they used to get all excited. And when you used to watch, I used to be, oh, they're just like me then. And they were using Garrett's. And then I think on one of them, they were showing different things and they said something about mineralization or something. I thought, can we get it out of the shed? Can we get it out of the shed? Yeah. Again, so I got it out of the shed with my little bit of knowledge what I'd heard about what they'd been saying, and um, and then I, f- I filmed my first outing really just for a joke, just for for people at work because I worked in a sports department with with fifteen men who would banter specials. You know, I, I am banter proof. I had ten years I did yeah. them, 
Um, but they were like, oh, Chipper's filming. And they were taking the mickey out of me all week when they found out I was going to go metal detecting. So I made it as a bit of a joke, really, that first one. Not thinking anybody what because I did have um, a, a video of my cat, which was uh, I put on about three years before. It only had three views, oh. you see. So I, I thought, again, YouTube, one of these technical things where you have to do special yeah. things. So I just use a photo album like I do Instagram. Mm-hmm. I'm not very good with that. <laughs> <laughs> I think you managed, Dawn. I do. I feel send me messages. I might reply three, three months later. Oh, that's fantastic. So that's quite a long journey then, isn't it, from when you were the child and you saw the, the token come out and you kind of had that initial cooling and then you tried it and then a bit of a stumble. But then obviously, you know, with the the internet being available now and obviously that TV show, it's lovely how that's kind of gone on and now you're fully in the hobby and obviously a, a, a big well, personality. I think the most amazing thing about it is that I'm actually like proper best buddies with KG and Ringy now. They're like my brothers, yeah. you know. Not, I don't just see them at events and they really talk to them on the phone and, and stuff like that. And when they come over, they are like my brothers. And to, to go from watching them on telly to one of their, you mean one of the team with yeah. them, it just blows my mind, really. So you said, did you do history at school then? You've always been a bit of a history fan. Yeah, all level history. <laughs> I loved it. I mean, the history that we did at school actually has crossed over into my metal detecting because um, mm. in Lancashire, there's not that much history here, especially around the Rochdale Oldham area. That um, mm. It really starts from the industrial age, you know, from 1750 when all the mills started because it's the cotton and the yeah. it started around around my area so that is why i find absolutely tons of george thirds and silvers when i'm on my own lap yeah um because that's so, but in my old level i did the industrial age victorian age and um medieval architect uh, uh, i can't even say archaeology architecture See, I took a bit of a wrong turn. I loved history. And then the, the teacher changed. And then all it was was World War Two, World War Two, World War Two. And so when it got to the options part where I could choose, oh. I was so sick to death of World War Two. I went with geography. Yeah. And I've never used yeah. that well, since. I think I done. if I was faced with just war, I would have gone. We had an interesting teacher and we, he took us on school trips, you know, like to um, different stately homes well I've never been to a stately home before and I thought it was amazing so apart from the apart from the history then Dawn and you've mentioned that you know the camaraderie and you found some of your best friends by the sounds of it via detecting what else do you love about the hobby what's the best parts of it for you I find it I mean it's it's got lots of things one it's given me a purpose I got to a certain age Mm -hmm. and, and then you know when you've bypassed your younger years and you think well I've got to look forward to now, you know, and I, I had nothing. I couldn't see anything in my, in my future, you know. So it's given me a whole new life. I feel like I got on that day that I went out and out detecting. And since then, my life's just bloomed. You know, I've got great friends and interests and I've always got something to look forward to. So it's that. But, I mean, so as well as that, though, I find it, because um, I am quite turbo, as you might know, I'm either on or off. I don't have any, I don't relax. Yes. I'm just either on or off. Mm. So it can, can be quite tiring that, you know, and especially I used to work, um, I've only just left, but I was a teacher at college for 18 years. Um, and I worked with special educational needs kids. And um, they, they, as lovely as they are, they used to absolutely drain you sometimes because you were like a mum, a dad, social worker, teacher, you're everything. And you mm. get home sometimes and you just... But I could go metal detecting. It just used to like just wipe it all away. I'm just yeah. wow, and I, I, I just it's like I'm recharging, and then I go back and be all happy again. And it was funny because a couple of times when I hadn't been out metal detecting, um, which was very rare, um, you know, from a weekend, I, I usually shout at them the week after, and I, it was then they noticed. They went, "Have you been metal detecting this week?" Because you keep shouting at us. <laughs> <laughs> I called you out on it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so in that way, and then it's like I say, and then you've always got something to look forward to. You've got something to research because I love having mm-hmm. a good research and and uh, yeah, and then the, the, the yeah. community itself and the people that you meet and 
opportunities yeah. that you get. I just, I just think it's. I can't think of anything bad about it apart from the little. You know, you get the tittle tattle going on. Apart from that, mm, there is a bit of that. Although I think you know, it does get to you sometimes when you when you see a little bit nastiness. But you get that in every single hobby. So you know, it's not not just this hobby. I mean, somebody told me once that they were really bad in a camera group. You know, it was like a Nikon camera group. They were all out really bad. And I was laughing. But recently, I bought some goldfish. Right, and I love these little goldfish. One's called Goldie. One's called George, one's called Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, I love that. My son named him Jeff. <laughs> yeah, so I've got these little goldfish. I thought, I know, I'll, I'll join some goldfish groups on Facebook like you do. Yeah. <laughs> My God. They make, they make the worst trolls in metal detecting look like absolute pussies. Honest. <laughs> I've never been in anywhere so bitchy in my entire life as a goldfish group. <laughs> I was scared, of, I was scared of, of posting anything. And for God's sake, I've never posted pictures of my fish on. They don't want to lots of parameters. <laughs> I've been writing 100 gallons. Oh, they've got this patronising list that if somebody says something like, uh, what's the best plant to buy for, for my fish tank yeah right you'd get some uh, ass who's an a moderator <laughs> just ass <laughs> and then they put a copy and paste this thing what is the level of unitrates what is this what we will not answer <laughs> question unless you could and he's got 24 questions in it oh my goodness 24 questions before you can ask what's the best plant for my flaming goldfish <laughs> tank I didn't realise you needed a goldfish driving licence. <laughs> My God, yeah. Fish police are bad. Yeah, but I love everything about metal detecting. I think it's on the on the level of, of meditation. And I've, I've always, because you can lose yourself. I mean, how many times you'll know yourself you've been out and you think what time it is and you've got no idea and you look and think about half past 11 and it's like quarter to three. And you think, well, where have I lost? Four hours. <laughs> Where you been? You said you'd be three hours. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> How did you find it during um, lockdown, Dawn, when we couldn't go out even as solos? I found it very frustrating. Mm. Very, very frustrating. I mean, I didn't mind being at home because I'm quite a loner. But what I found frustrating was the uh, inequality of it all. I mean, I don't like inequality. And, and I thought if people can go fishing, Yes. And they can play golf. I'm sure, quite sure I can stand in a field with sheep. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then it got even worse frustrating for me. I mean, obviously, I, I, I stuck by the, the rules of yeah. what I should do. I didn't agree with them at all. Um, but at one point, because it was a teacher, I had to go into college and sit in classrooms with ki kids coughing and everything all over me. Yeah. But I wasn't allowed to stand in a field with a sheep. Mm. Yeah. Really happy. Yeah, it was hard. Wasn't so it? what I had to do instead was, be, as well, because um, obviously I like editing. You sort of you'll do it yourself. You know, you're doing your podcast. When if you haven't got one, you sort of like yeah, yeah. comes a second bit. Yes. Um, so I, I walked around and I did history videos of the area because I was allowed to go for walks. Yes. That's so right. I, I went all the do all the history of the area. It went quite a well them videos. I did, and all the old military in the pubs in in the in the forests and things like that. But they're all falling. Down. Um, so interesting. Yeah, I watched those, you and Tiggy going around. I also enjoyed your karaoke sing-along type sessions on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I love the good things done, you know, as you know. But you know what's funny? Like, every time I do a, a karaoke sing-song, I lose about 37 subs. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want those type of people in your subs anyway, do you? <laughs> they must be, she's singing, I'm not subscribing to that. <laughs> Got to have a laugh. I mean, the thing is with the, the the singing videos is that I'm not a big drinker at all. Although people think I am, it's like people think I'm some sort of raving alcoholic. But I've I've got bottles of wine that have been there since Christmas. Yeah, very rare. So if I do drink, because I live on my own, um, and I think I, I just don't enjoy drinking on my own. So if I ever think I'll have a drink. I, I think, where's my friends? We all know on Facebook. And I'm like, it's stupid. Yeah. We all on YouTube. So, <laughs> so well, I'll, I'll just start having a drink and chatting, you see. But the thing is that people on the internet only see me drinking 
what they don't realise is that that's the only time since the last time I was drinking on there. You mentioned your little detector to begin with. So for the people that don't know you on YouTube, let's talk about your detecting gear then. So you are a, a Garrett girl through and through, aren't you? Yes, yeah, so part of the Garrett field team. And I am Garrett through and through. I always have been. But like yeah. I say, it was because I did, originally I saw the KG ring with the Garrett, so that's why I got one. You know, it's insane. That's why I did it. Yeah. Um, and I started off with the Garrett Euro Ace, which mm-hmm. is like the American 350. And then I moved on to the Garrett 400i. Yeah. And then I got the Garrett 400i and updated it with the Z-Link thing and all that, you know. And then I moved on to the AT Max, which I've had now. I was actually did a post about it the other day, and I got it at Detectable in 2017. Oh, wow. So it's six years now, It's then. still going. There's nothing broke on it. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I do wish that, you know, I, I do think that it, Max needs to retire soon and Garrett needs to replace it with something, but I don't know anything about and what about um, all your other bits and pieces? So, like your swordy spades and shovels and stuff like that. Yeah, well, I've, I use two spades. I've got. Um, I always like a very long spade. Yeah. Um, the little ones I find to be quite back breakers. I know a lot of people like them, but mm. um, my spades are probably about four foot high, yeah. and um, I can just do three cuts with it and kick it out. Yeah. Take the plug out, pull the thing out, put it back in without bending over. Oh, that sounds good. So obviously because I've got a longer spade, I've needed to go for ones that were quite light. So I've got one where it looks very heavy when people pick it up, but the, the thing is a Fiskars ergonomic garden spade that's been modified. So it's been chopped down and things like that. Mm. Now I've had that for years and it's it, it's just like I knew. But I, I, when I was going... Um, I was going to Germany, I think, last year, and I spoke to the guy that makes my grafter spades. You know my grafter spades? Yeah. Um, and he made me one that was like a, a special edition one. And it's uh, it's it splits into three. So I can take laid off, and then I've got the stem, and then I've got the handle. So I can take all three off and put them in my suitcase. Lovely. See, because... When I, well, I went to Holland once and I didn't take a spade and they gave me a backbreaker and it was awful. So Ooh, I thought, oh, no, that's yeah. not, not good, so, not yeah, good. Yeah, so he does make them as well, but they're all carbon fibre. Mm, yeah. Expensive, but, you know, I've used it now for a full year in all, all weather conditions and it's still going, it's fine. Lovely. I've got two of those little spades and I need to get myself a bigger spade because what you've just described there, the way you dig your plugs and everything, that's what I'm after. <laughs> I don't want a back breaking anymore. Have you seen um, how I do it when I just do one, two, yeah, three, kick it out? Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. That's one of my latest questions, but you're touching upon it there with the, the plugs. You're a three plug, three side plug girl, aren't you? And it flips yeah. and then you can put it back. You can't even notice you've been there then, can you? I can see where I've been. No, I mean, sometimes I've, I've, I've <laughs> you know, when you, you're looking at a video and you're editing it afterwards and I might have pulled something out of a thing and I've seen something else in there. Or somebody watching has said, Don, you look, there's another sixpence there. <laughs> you know, and, I mean, I go over everything twice now, but I've done that in the past. And I've gone back, can't find where I've been. No. Can't find where I've been at all. Because it's so good, isn't it? Yeah. That's one of the things that you notice when you go out on group digs. And again, we were talking about oh. the little bit of aggravation sometimes online. But yeah, some sometimes people. I've actually been behind someone before, and they've dug their holes and then just walked off, leaving the hole. And I've gone and then put it in myself afterwards, and just the shape I've of stuff. Yeah, actually, I've walked. Oh, it's that bad, and I thought I'm just got to fill that in. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and you know, it's just about a bit awareness and consideration, and thinking about the consequences, right? Because someone's worked really hard to get that land for that group or that dig or the occasion, whatever it is. And then, you know, the farmer's not going to be happy, are they, if they're going to walk around and find lots of big gaping holes. And the group as well. I mean, if the group find out, they'll warn you if you do it on group digs. Yeah. But if you continue to do it and, and mm-hmm. don't hit the warning, they will put your name on Facebook and you'll yeah. be shamed off the internet and you won't go on any group digs again. So, you know, even just for that reason, if you've got no morals, you know, that's why you should always keep it. <laughs> Yes, you will be named and shamed, that's for sure. Okay, good. And then, um, so I've been struggling, I don't know what you do, but just in terms of like my gloves, so I'm um, a big gloves girl. I One of my, like, my second or third group digs I went on, 
Uh, I was digging a hole and there was needle. There was like a yeah. hypodermic needle in there. I was just so glad that I had my gloves on, you know. No. So uh, you do see people, they don't like to wear gloves. Fair enough. That's their, their, their decision. But with your gloves, do you have like a certain type of gloves you wear all the time or do you just seek them out as and when they, you know, the way the fingers wear through the ends? I did used to use some leather gloves. I had some gl- le- black leather gloves at first, what I used to use, and they were great then. Because I cause remember when, with me as well, I have to keep using my, my camera and my phone. So I need a pair of gloves do. that's not going to be too clumsy because trying to get an oil off. And so trying to find the right pair of gloves for me was really hard. And I had these black leather ones. They were perfect for yeah. ages. And then Garrett brought a new pair of gloves out, which are grey ones. They've got like, like grey with a, a, a Velcro thing on the top. They've got like padded in the front. Yeah. And I, I never wore my, my black leather ones ever again. And the only ones, honestly, if you get, I mean, if you Detectable or Rodney Cook or anything like that, they usually give some away free. So get over to the Garrett stand and you might be able to get some. And that's this this coming weekend, isn't it? The the Rodney one? Yeah. Lovely. Looking forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's an absolute crazy fortnight that I've got coming because I'll, I'll, I'll have to go south at quarter past seven on Friday morning. Um, should get there for dinner time-ish. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I'll go out, out, get out, if have a bit of a detect for a couple of hours while we just get there. Uh, but KG and Ringy and all the American Garrett team are coming over, so there's yeah. 11 of them. So, uh, <laughs> so we'll be having a laugh with them. And then we'll go back to the hotel, we'll probably eat McDonald's and um, drink a bit. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll do the Saturday... Do the Sunday. Um, we're driving back Monday. Then I've got a job Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and the Friday drive back down to Detectable. And in between that, I'll be editing a video for YouTube and and you know just be normal dawn washing, doing my washing and cleaning. <laughs> wow, so you're going to be non-stop because it is that is the second hobby. You said it earlier, but the the video making yourself it is it's it, it takes time, doesn't it? And you have to sort of work out what you're doing and your intros and your stickers and all the rest of it. Do you enjoy all that and learning the new latest and greatest effects and everything that you can put on your videos? I, I, when I've got the time to do it, and when I very first started, I had no idea, and um, I did it in. Like they do TikTok now, I did it in that that format, yeah, rather than landscape, yeah. And um, every week, I thought to myself, I'm going to make one tiny little change, just one little tiny that nobody can notice. And yeah. so every week when I made a video, I, I just wanted to improve one little thing, and it's, it it taught me over the thing to get quite good. Now, if I had the time and you let me alone, I could make an actually stunning video with the effects and that I can use. But usually, I'm finishing jobs off here doing that thing. Video quick, and that'll do. <laughs> you know, because you can take. I mean, if I was to do it like a proper job on one, it could take me up to about eight hours. Easy. Yeah, the same with this as well. That's inspirational, Dawn. I love that. Just make one little change. I'm going to take that on board. I'm going to do that. One, one tiny change. Yeah. Where you just, not anybody, not anything fantastic. You know, it was just that one little thing. And I, I, I did it every week. And it, before a new week, I even looked back and thought, God, oh, look at the difference to that, to that. Excuse the quick interruption. I'm just letting you know that to help keep the podcast running, we have set up a Patreon. Pop over to patreon.com forward slash detecting history podcast, where you can see we have four very affordable monthly membership tiers available to help cover our running costs. You can select either the copper, bronze, silver or gold tiers that will give you access to things such as ad free episodes, Patreon exclusive extra weekly episodes, merch discount codes and even a tier where you can get sent a free gift as a thank you. So please head over to patreon.com forward slash detecting history podcast. Thank you. Okay, so moving on then, thank you for sharing about your detecting gear and the Garrett history. Um, best finds. We're going to go on to your best finds then, Don. Well, best finds is my worst question what people find because I have finds that I like for all different reasons. You know, most people will say, oh, I found a gold stator or I found a Henry VIII. This. Whereas my best finds, some of them are quite modern, you know, is. <laughs> For different reasons, you know, that, that you like. Obviously, I like my Roman silver that I found uh, because that was such good condition on both yes. sides and it was so unexpected. And it was with white when, when I found it. And I thought it was. 
I really did think yeah. you were, and that's why I was making a meal of it because I thought it was a button. So I ran up to Nicola and Chris and I said, what do you think yeah. button a button? But, you know, when it, when it opened and it was like that fantastic silver, and that will always be my best fan for that reason. And, and what else have you found? I always ask, what's the weirdest thing you found? Um, I've had some very strange things. I've had an exploding Victorian head. Oh, which well, you know, there was no health and safety in Victorian days, no. and you can get these heads, and they're made out of metal, and the jaw goes up and down. Yeah, and what they can used to do is put gunpowder or explosives in the mouth, oh, and they'll throw it at a wall. <laughs> explode. So you get a lot of them have got the jaws missing because they've been blown up. Wow! Um, but this one had a jar in it. Yeah, I've got a picture of it on Facebook so you can see. Oh, I've never heard well, of those before. And then the other strange thing I found, which was a quite scary story, actually. Um, I was in a field and was hiding under a tree because it was raining a bit. Mm. I found a, a phone, a mobile phone, but it was just a little cheap one. You know, it wasn't anything like a Samsung or anything. It was just like a little cheapy phone. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that's funny. He's got well, a phone, no battery in it, though. I thought, it's just funny that his phone's under this tree in this field, you know. So I went to the other end of the, the field. It was with Kev at the time. And we found the box. We found the box and the charger at the other end of the field. Oh. So, oh that's a bit strange. You know, like full-on phone and that. But yeah. box charger at that end of the field, phone at that end. So we came back and I put it on, on the Facebook group that I found this phone and all that. Flint got in touch with me and asked me and said it was a burner phone and to take it to Blackburn playing PlayStation. I was thinking, oh, God, what if I'm going to get arrested now? But we don't know, do you see? Go on. Uh, around then. Yeah. And the car had been driving from uh, across this road where I was. Whoa. The road across the moors, yeah. So anyway, to take it and, you know, I never read nothing. And, and I didn't get arrested. So. <laughs> <laughs> Just as there's a knock at the door. But that was a really odd find, yeah. And I'm sure there's been more. I was thought, oh, well, after that, that's me. I found a lead. I think it was a brothel token. Oh. And it was um, it was a lady. And um, at first, you can't tell what it is. But if you imagine two legs like that. Yeah. And if she was looking through her knees. Oh, so right. When her dress was pulled up. Oh, well, okay, yeah. So well. just looking through her legs while bending yeah, over, the, kind the, of thing. I've <laughs> oh got some Victorian pencil sharpeners that I really like. Ooh, you know, oh, that's cool. Oh, I'm seeing. I see people sometimes that say, "What's this?" I think, "Oh, no, what that is it's a Victorian pencil." Yeah, yeah. No, it's all those weird bits and pieces, isn't it? And then the half crowns. I love finding half crowns. Yeah, because. They remind me of my granddad or something. There's something about a half crown that absolutely warms my heart. Oh, lovely. We're talking about history eras, and you've said in your area already, lots of George III, obviously. Um, what is your favourite history era first, before we go into favourite monarch or emperor? Uh, well, I do think the industrial age as well, from about 1750. I mean, it's very local to me, so it's, it, it, it feels... Um, it feels more. I mean, I don't know anything about medieval villages. You know, I don't know what I've read, but where I really feel connected to the industrial age, and I feel more connected actually to nineteen um, twenties, nineteen thirties. I always feel that like I was born then, and I, I lived in the nineteen thirties and nineties. I don't know why, but I have. I, I love. I can't. I watch the films. I love the clothes. I, I love the cars. And yet I don't watch any films nowadays. If we, I can't watch it, but you put me in front of something that's from like nineteen thirties, like that, like that. It just gives me feelings of home. I can't, I, I cannot explain it. But yeah, I definitely think I lived in the in the Art Deco. And so then on to your favourite monarch or emperor. Who's your favourite big boss, whoever that was at that time? Well. <laughs> George third, obviously, he's like my me, monarchy me, me, my friend, isn't he? <laughs> do like him, but I also um, like Charles the First as well. Oh, yeah. Have you ever found a Charles the First no, coin? Charles first half crown would, would actually finish me off. Oh, in fact, no, I did have a Charles the First. It was that haunted one. The haunted one? Tell us about the haunted one. It's very rare to find hammer coins in Rochdale, like I was saying. You can find things like um, back to charge the first, but you don't really find anything hammered. So um, this particular day, I'd gone to college because I was trying to set something up 
And I was, they'd give me permission to mentally take the rugby field, you see. So I went on, just full of cans, because it was a college, which was full of cans. And I didn't feel so good. And I thought, I can't be bothered with this. I thought, I'm going to go to one of my chilled fields. Yeah. So I didn't feel that well. Mm. So I went to one of my chilled fields and um, I'm walking around. There weren't much and I was like in a bit of an ill days. Yeah. Anyway, gets this little signal, pulls it up. It's only a child's first hammered coin. And it was paste, like what you've just said. A yeah. little holly. I mean, yeah. in fact, the Scottish one, you know, the Scottish one with thistle on the back was like James yeah. first, Charles first Scotland. And um, I was over the moon anyway. I went home and that, that afternoon I had COVID and I was <gasps> ill for about four days with delirious. I was like hallucinating. Oh. I was really ill. I mean, awful. I can't yeah. even So um, anyway, I got better after that. And then and then my life just fell apart. Oh. I had my YouTube channel was stolen. Oh, I remember you know, all that going on. Yeah, I saw all that. That was horrible. Maxine's stolen out of my car. Yes, yeah, and you hunted, hunted Maxie down. Yeah, found it. And then... <laughs> Projective dawn. <laughs> and then there was people cloning me on, on Facebook and, and taking credit cards off some of my old people that I knew. Oh. I thought, oh. Awful people out there. Uh, they lost me luggage, you know, my stuff in Germany. Oh, God. <laughs> so it was a cascade of bad luck. <laughs> it was it was horrendous. I thought, I, I just wanted to sit in that. I thought... <laughs> I can't take much more of this. You know, I didn't cry about any of it. And I got every single thing back from be positive, I think. Yeah. But yeah. It, was, it was horrible. It proper wore me out. I think once mm. everything has calmed down, I, I, I spent a period of about three months of being quite exhausted. You know, it was getting my, getting my YouTube channel back. I probably didn't sleep for five days because I, I was... Um, I was fighting Russian hackers with my passwords. I was, they were trying to get me all the time, so I thought I can't sleep. And I just got until I won. Yeah. <laughs> get on, you dawn. <laughs> you showed them. You know, I didn't cry at all. Chris said I'd have been crying me if they didn't hit my channel like that because they sh- the YouTube actually shut it down and banned me from YouTube forever. Oh, because obviously you'd been reported because it was a hacker. Because it's ended the Bitcoin yeah. channel. So, uh, because it was a Russian bit which didn't go against the community uh, standards, they, they shut me down because it was on my channel. They banned oh, me forever. Gosh, so stressful. Well, you did well, Dawn. Anyway, oh, I thought I got to a point. I sat there one day and I thought, "What have I dug up that's caused me to have this?" Mm-hmm. And I said, I, I "Luckily, because I had my own, I, I looked through my videos to see when it all started, and it was that day when I dug that coin up." Because I got COVID that day. And then after that, it was just chaos. My life was chaos. So I went back to the field and I buried it. And since then, everything's been great. Oh, my goodness. Oh, just got goosebumps. Honestly, <laughs> I was convinced that coin didn't, didn't... I don't think it hated me, but I just don't think it wanted to, wanted it to be where it was. It wasn't to be with you. I just don't know, but else digs it up. Wow. Blimey, Don. <laughs> That's a big story. Now I'm trying to think of when I found Charles I and what happened since then. Yeah, <laughs> good boy. Weren't that kind of funky, was it? <laughs> wow. Well, I'm glad everything's all right now. And you, you showed your resilience, I tell you. To be able to get through all of that, understandably, you were shattered. You're feeling good now. Oh, yeah, great. You know what happened as well? You know, I always try and get good out of bath. I've been a teacher for 18 years. Um, and I was, it, it, being a t- especially at college, you know, it's very restrictive and it's very hard work, you know, and don't give you much time to do anything. But being me, if I have, as you know, if, I, if I've got something and it works, I just stick with it. Yeah. Right? So if I've been a teacher 18 years at the same place. Right? I don't think Garrett's a teacher. Just stick with Garrett forever. You know, I'm, it's the same. I have the same things. If I get something I like, it's the same with them eating something. If I go to the Chinese I just always get the same things because yeah. I like. Now I'd always in my dreams wanted to be. You won't know what it is. I'll tell you anyway, but you won't know. I wanted to be an external right. quality okay. insurer. What is right? that? Which, <laughs> it's right. an education, and it's like uh, the job that I do now. Is I'm not an Ofsted inspector, you know. But I'm not one of those. No. But um, I work for a, a, a qualification company now. Mm-hmm. So and, and I sort of if if I have. I have prisons, schools, referral centres, um, colleges, everything. 
<laughs> and if they deliver our qualifications before they can claim certificates, they've got to show me that they've got the right policies, they've got this, they've got the other, I sample it, check it's marked right, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then when it's right, and I know everything's right, I say, right, claim certificates. Ah. See, so that was the job I always wanted to do, not to be a horrible, like, mm, you're not doing this wrong, but to help people get the best they can be. And that I always wanted to do the job. Yeah. And yet, I was too scared. Now, after I had that summer of hell, mm. when nothing was stable, I just left the job. I got this one. There you go, see? I would never have done that if I'd have been in, little, in my stable life. I wouldn't have done it, but I'd had that much disruption that I'd changed it. I thought, right, get a new car, do that, do that, whatever. Yeah, I can deal with anything now, exactly. Yeah, and, and doing this job, I mean, it's not given me as much, it's given me a lot of freedom to do what I want. I wouldn't have been able to go to Texas. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have been able to go to all these weekend rallies I'd be going to. Let's go on to how do you cope with dry spells then? We're talking about our, our inbuilt optimism. I think we're both pretty similar in that way. So when you go out and you're, uh, you're having a bit of a dry spell and uh, you haven't found any silver for a couple of digs or whatever it is, how do you cope? What do you tell yourself? No, right. Well, I think it's the after effects of the coin with the pierced hole because after I put that back... I've been on a severe drought, and I think there's a couple of reasons for it. Mm. The land that I've got that's local now is either battered and empty too long, or I haven't got permission, or it's too wet because it's, it's rained here for two months solid. So if it's wet now in the winter, it's going to be even less accessible. It's bad. Um, so what I'm having to do is drive, uh, you know, an hour and a half here, an hour and a half there. So that's what I'm yes. doing every time I go digging at the minute. I have to drive an hour and a half there, an hour and a half back. Now, yeah. When you're driving somewhere, I don't. You're not putting the hours in the same. You know, to get the fact when you've got your own local thing, you can just pop out and just oh, I would love a fountain yeah. out. But when when you're having to drive an hour and a half to somewhere and it, it don't, it, it just affects your fines rate. I think. Mm. But uh, I have been on a particularly dry spell, but it's not got me down. If anything, it's motivated me a little bit more because I know. That the longer my dry spell goes on, the bigger my find's going to be. So, I mean, if you've only gone a week, then you're going to find a, like a Victoria shilling. Mm-hmm. If you've gone a month, you might have found an half a crown. Eight months like me. I said to Chris the other day, you know what I think I might find soon? He said, what? I said, a leather purse with eight gold nobles in it all stuck together. He said, well, one gold doesn't stick together. Two of them the leather bag would be rotted away. I said, do you, do you have to be so like thingy? I said, they would be all there in the line. I can see them. So anyway, I think I've got my hopes on that. The dry thing, I know every, it, you wouldn't be a metal detectorist without having a dry spell because that is part of the hobby. Uh, and, and and if you only metal detect to find things, really it's not the right hobby for you, I think. Because I don't go out to find things. I go out to hunt for things and with nature and listen to the birds and, and and just enjoy all the fresh air and the exercise and everything. If I find something, that's a bonus. And it is, I've got a XPORX, that's my machine at the minute, because it's, it's nice and light. And uh, I went out the other day and I know I was in a, a field I hadn't been in before and looking on online at old maps and everything, there was no sign of a footpath or anything. I was kind of walking along, wasn't getting much, and I sort of sat and had my sandwich. And I just, you sort of just take it back to basics sometimes, don't you? And just think, okay, right, what settings am I on? What's the ground like? It's really flinty around here, Dawn. There's like back breaking flint everywhere. Yeah, oh, is it's it? Really hard. Um, and I looked around and I looked at a tree line and it looked too perfect. And it was where there was a gap through to another field. But the, the tree line, I was like, that looks like it's been purposely put that tree line so i'm just going to walk along that and as soon as i walked along that that's when i found my henry the eighth oh. uh, hammered oh. and that was the only thing i found all day yeah. but i found it kind of felt like it was my reward yeah. for just sort of the tree thinking the about brought it. You to it oh that's on my bucket list that huh? oh well done you i mean you you do i don't think some people realize how lucky they are to live in a a, a very historic area you know you get people in norfolk and, and dorset and all down that area and they're, they're tripping over stuff. You know, it's like, oh, look, I popped out for an hour. I've got 10 number coins of that. And yet you, you can go to other areas. I mean, they probably never find cartwheel pennies mm. because they're just different history of what's happened at different times. And uh, look around the Rochdale area, uh, nothing happened ever. 
You know, I don't know if you've ever seen the. Have you seen the uh, Finds Identified books? Yes. And and in the Finds Identified book at the front, it's got a lot of maps. Have you noticed? And it yeah. it shows you where there's hot spots for Roman and for Viking, and and you look. My area is dark on every page, <laughs> every single page. Does it just say, "Don't even bother"? <laughs> yeah, just says. Not living there. <laughs> no, they must have. I think they must have saw the Pennines and thought stuff that not walking over. Not there. going that way. Have you ever had any issues while out detecting, apart from finding burner phones? <laughs> what other issues might you have come across while out detecting? And I'm talking things like um, animals or night hawks on your permissions or anything like that. Well, I've had a couple of strange things that was, that's a bit freaky. Mm. Well, I'll tell you what, I had a metal detecting group. I had an admin, and um, he was from uh, up near Durham, that sort of area. Never met him, mm-hmm. but I was really good friends with him for years. Anyway, it was one day, it was on yeah. the moors with Kev, just in the middle of nowhere in the moors, and mm-hmm. there's like got all the stone walls and things. Just previously, the week before, I'd been detecting in the same area, and I'd walked, remember, it's very remote, this, and on the wall was written, Hello, Digger Dawn, on this wall. Freaked me out, right? I was drunk, freaked. We were like looking with Kev saying, it was freaky, right? Because obviously somebody had spotted where I was, even though it was quite remote, and then they got up there and wrote my name on the wall. Freaked me out, that did. So I was on a bit of guard. So this was with Kev this particular day, and I'm detecting away. And I looked at this, what? And I thought, she also seen somebody look at me over that wall. (gasps) I said, Kev, Kev, I said, Kev, there's somebody on that wall over there. Don't know why I'm whispering now, but <laughs> somebody over. And he went, where? I said, over there. There was like a gap in it where it fell down a little bit. He said, should I go and have a look? Yeah. So I've got, made me like 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 a weapon. Yeah. I'm ready for Because I was worried about it, you know. And then, so I'm looking at this wall and all of a sudden I just heard this roaring, like, Rawr, you know, like <gasps> a Viking had meant. Yeah. And then figure come flying through the wall and a proper <laughs> Viking hat on, sword, Big fur coats and like, proper Viking things. I'm stood in the middle. I was just going. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and it was true. just decided to surprise me. I can never forget that. I mean, massive prankster. Imagine he drove all the way from Durham about three hours. He he went in with Kevin. Told him about where we were going to be. That's how we knew. So Kevin knew what was going on. I didn't have a clue. Me, I, I was ready for clocking him with spade. That is hilarious. That's so funny. That's a well-coordinated prank. I like it. That video's on YouTube. If you look through, you see Viking on it or something. There's a guy. When you when you mentioned it, I think I I was like, I think I do vaguely remember some fella rocking up with a fucking house. I'll never forget that. I mean, that was speechless for once. I mean, you're in the middle of the moors and a big Viking comes running at you. Not, not, your brain can't comprehend it, what's going on. You're like, am I awake? What's happening? <laughs> Gone through a time portal. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your what are your top detecting tips, Dawn? Just in general, researching land, for example, what are your top tips? Um, top tips? Well, I, I always check you've got, I know it seems daft, but I always check you've got a battery with you because your pinpoints will always run out in your first hole. <laughs> so make sure you've got the equipment with you that you need and that you haven't, you haven't left your spade at home because we've all done that a million times. Yeah. Um, I would say my other thing is, especially if you're starting out, is don't expect too much. Mm. You know, if you go out there expecting to find things you, you're not likely to and I, again i think keep a positive mindset right dawn bucket lister this bit i think you've been looking forward to so yeah. each week i ask our guest the bucket lister item that you're still after yourself and then we'll ask you to add one item to the detecting history podcast ultimate bucket lister list right well i've got two can i have two bucket listers that are equal you can yeah go for it I've got a George Third five shilling bank token. So um, I found one that was a fake about five years ago, um, and and because I like whole collections of coins, I like to find one that's that fills my whole collection. Now there is there's a three shilling bank token, a five shilling bank token. There's quite a few of them. Um, it's very rare that I see anybody find one. 
So I would like to find one of those. Yeah. And then the other one is Queen Anne Half Crown. Brilliant. Queen Anne Half Crown. Or I'll be to be honest, Queen Anne anything. Have you had a Bronze Age axe head done? Okay. Yeah, you've had one. Oh. Yeah. Uh, that would have been about how long ago that? About two or three years ago. Yeah. What was that like? Was that a banging tone that you were like, oh, what's that going to be? Uh, no, not that banging, no. It was because it, it was quite deep. But as it come out, you know, like it just, you just threw it out and it went, boom, you know what it is straight away. Yeah. You d- it's unmistakable, isn't it? That green, that patina colour. You're just like. <gasps> well, mine was quite an early one. It was a, a, a flat axe. It was one of the thin ones. So it was like an older than the Palestine. From, <sighs> you know, those the ones that a bit more worked. Yeah. So drum roll. What item would you like to place on the Detecting History Podcast Ultimate Bucket Lister list? Now, Mr. Grim Bleeper um, asked us to put on a gold Roman Julius Caesar coin last right. week. So that was the first item. Yeah. I would like a Saxon golden ruby anything. You know, like a little brooch. You know, the, you know what I mean when they have that very fine ruby. I mean, that was one of the... When I very first started detecting with my, 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 uh, my little uh, Tandy thing, that was what we're visioning finding. <laughs> <laughs> that was what I was going for. Oh, yeah, get that. And it was always, I mean, it's, it's very unlikely, isn't it? I mean, it can be found. Yes, absolutely. But yeah, yeah. That, that, that one I've got, yeah, Saxon and Ruby brooch. Saxon. Brilliant. Saxon and Ruby brooch. So, Saxon, um, Golden Ruby, yeah. Thank you, Dawn, for coming on the Detecting Very History welcome. podcast. I hope you have a fantastic weekend at the Rodney Cook Memorial. Looking forward to seeing the video there. You uh, hooking up with all your Garrett friends. That's going to be loads of fun, oh, I'm sure. Wait, so yeah. Thank you very much. And hopefully we'll get you on again soon. Yeah, anytime, yeah. And thanks for having me. I've, you know, I've really enjoyed it, Katie. It's been, you've been a very <laughs> good host and you've made me feel very relaxed. Oh, thank you very much. There you go, everybody. Digger Dawn. So you can find Dawn on Facebook under Digger Dawn, Digger Dawn Metal Detecting Group, and Dawn Chip Chase pages. And then on Insta, it's Digger underscore Dawn. And then on YouTube, it's at Digger Dawn. If you want more of Dawn, head over to our patreon.com forward slash detecting history podcast channel where you can get exclusive content as well as ad free episodes and more. Thanks, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Please do us a favour and rate us five stars. This will really help towards keeping the podcast going. Remember, you can find us on all the socials under our profile name of Detecting History Podcast. Give us a follow, send us a message, and if you find anything odd, fun or amazing, let us know and we'll share it on a podcast in the future. If you don't do social media, our email is detectinghistorypodcast at gmail.com. And if you want more content, we have a Patreon Head over there for ad-free episodes, exclusive extra content, and more. Finally, if you'd like some merch or some other metal detecting themed items, all the links are below. Until next time, bye!